Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, things are heating up with Iran. The White House says we do not seek war with Iran. Iran says it wasn't us. But three soldiers were killed in this Iran-backed drone attack, as the White House calls it. And uh, 40 people hurt. So, yeah, we got that going for us, which is a nice way to start the week. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Lindsey Graham is calling for us to bomb Iran. Of course, that's Lindsey Graham, and, you know, I'm, I mean, don't be surprised by that, of course. It's actually kind of funny watching the reactions that he's been getting on social media about this. Hit Iran, hit them now, hit them hard. And uh, a number of people have been commenting about, you know, can we, can we cool it here? Is there anyone you don't want to bomb? But the problem here is that uh, we have a president who is facing disaster in re-election. And there is something about being a wartime president that seems to help and seems to give people a boost. Not the Ukraine style war where we just fund, you know, a corrupt country, but an actual war war. So the Pentagon says we do not seek war with Iran. But you obviously have a number of people uh, in both parties right now who are banging the drums of war. And the question, of course, will be, where do we go from here? Biden is threatening retaliation. And he says, we will respond. How? What will he do? And then the question becomes, how far do we go in all this? So that's really the big story of the day today, which is brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria at Venaria Dental. Just go to VenariaDental.com and say hello and see him. And he's a great guy. And I don't know, really, I mean, where this goes. The The Pentagon is still doing a briefing. They've been briefing now for quite some time regarding this. and. You know, the question of whether or not we have troops in Yemen and whether or not we're beefing up our presence there, all of these things are happening as we speak. And more than 40 were injured in a drone attack, which is separate from the drone attack that killed three American service members. So that's apparently now the enemy drones lethal attack on U.S. soldiers has been traced to confusion and failure to intercept. Iran fires back and says it wasn't us. The 
the story now, I, I guess, is that it was it was a kind of a uh, friendly fire isn't the right word, but it was a it was an accident that occurred. The New York Post put this out just a short time ago in a um, an update, and apparently now, I guess it was. Oops, hang on. Apparently, it was a situation where it was not Iran, but it was. Although Israel now is coming out and saying it definitely was Iran. Sorry, all this is kind of breaking as we speak right now. But Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is warning America Iran is targeting the U.S. and the rest of the West. And he's saying right now you need to do something. Something needs to happen here. So that that's happening, too. Like I said, a lot of this is just coming out as we're going on the air right now. Um, a lot of the details of this. But they're saying that the drone strike itself was was not intentional it was an accident of some sort or or another which again i i don't really know how that happens uh in this day and age but but or if that's a cover story or if this is something that iran is doing because iran is actually worried about the united states retaliating but it says here now according to the latest iran is claiming that accusations of its involvement in an attack that left three u.s service members dead in jordan are baseless the Iranian Foreign Ministry spokesperson Nasser Kahani also claimed that resistance groups in the region do not take orders from Iran. Some Republicans have pressed Biden to authorize stronger action against Iran, with members of both parties concerned about the safety of U.S. troops overseas. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas said in a blistering statement Sunday, quote, the only answer to these attacks must be devastating military retaliation against Iran's terrorist forces, both in Iran and across the Middle East. Anything less will confirm Joe Biden as a coward unworthy of being commander in chief. That's what Senator Tom Cotton put out a short time ago. On behalf of Arkansas, I extend my deepest condolences to the families of our brave warriors. The Islamic resistance in Iraq, which is a loose coalition of Iran-backed militant groups, is claiming responsibility for the deadly attack. Militant groups targeted the logistics support base located at Tower 22, of the Jordanian Defense Network. There are around 350 U.S. Army and U.S. Air Force personnel deployed at the base to counter ISIS. And this this Iran-backed coalition, the Islamic Resistance in Iraq, this is what this group is called, it is believed that the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, uh, Quds Force, as they're known, played a role in organizing this loose coalition that was behind the drone, the drone strikes that happened. But again, you know, as, I, as I'm coming on the air right now, and there's a lot of breaking news around this, there's conflicting reports about what exactly occurred and, and whether or not what happened here was, uh, was an accident or whether it was uh, deliberate. And, 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 and so we're just trying to get all these details out right now. But the one thing is very obvious. You are going to start hearing a lot of people calling for retaliation against Iran, especially now in the, in the wake of this latest drone strike where 40 people are injured. Which, as, as far as I can tell, these are separate incidents, but um, it's a scary time. It is, it's a scary time because, number one, Biden's incompetent. Number two, Biden's losing. And whenever you have an incompetent loser as commander-in-chief and a party that certainly has always been a party of war, there's no doubt in my mind that we could see this escalate. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And, you know, this is coming as, as that U.N. aid agency, which we talked about on Friday with Dr. Victoria Coates. Their members supplied Hamas with RPGs and took Israeli women hostage during the October 7th attacks, according to new intelligence. And, that, and, and, and this U.N. aid agency apparently now is, is seeking more money. This is the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. 
and they were involved in actual murder, wielding guns and killing people, according to this report that came out. So we are looking at some very, very tense moments in the Middle East. I got to say, you know, if Donald Trump was president, I think people would feel a lot calmer about the situation. And I certainly don't think we'd be here right now. I really don't. I don't think we'd be here in this moment. At least one of the U.S. soldiers killed in the Jordan drone strike was identified as a Georgia woman. Munchkin was her nickname. And she'll be missed. The three U.S. service members killed in the weekend drone attack in Jordan were identified on Monday and all came from the same military unit in Georgia. The dead were identified as Sergeant William Joan Rivers, 46, of Carrollton, Georgia. Specialist Kennedy Ladon Sanders, 24, of Waycross, Georgia. And Specialist Brianna Alexandria Moffitt, 23, of Savannah, Georgia. And Sanders was the one who was known as Munchkin. Now, here's what Biden said in, re- in, in response to this, saying that the United States of America will respond. He was down campaigning in South Carolina over the weekend. He said a lot of gibberish, obviously, but um, this is the main part. Cut number one. And one last thing. I want to point out that we had a tough day last night in the East. We lost three brave souls in an attack on one of our base. Yeah. And uh, I've asked you to come to the side all three of those falls. Jesus. And we shall respond. Well, the audio is not great, but we shall respond is what you heard the president say at the end there. We shall respond. Uh, how and what and what and then and then from 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 what position of uh, do we respond? Are we hitting Iran? Is this is this the start of World War Three? Are we going to go after this terrorist unit? I mean, what what exactly is going to happen here? How, how are we going to respond? These are the questions that I think people would like to know. And as usual, the president is is missing. He's hiding. You know, he doesn't come out and, and say anything. He's, he speaks on the campaign trail over the weekend in South Carolina, says that one little snippet. And that's it. There's no Oval Office address. There's no, you know, you get a Pentagon spokesperson up there at the podium delivering the news and the details. You don't actually have a sense that anyone's really in charge here, which is, again, part of the problem. I mean, part of the problem is everybody gets very, very nervous about all this because we don't have a commander in chief that seems to know what the hell he's doing. And, and he's and he's losing, too. Enemy drones lethal attack on U.S. soldiers was traced to, and this is the headline now that just came out here. I'm trying to try to read this headline to you. Traced to confusion and failure to intercept. All right, so that's the headline. Enemy drones lethal attack on U.S. soldiers traced to confusion and failure to intercept. And the story says that this Iran proxy drone got past 20, a Tower 22 air defenses because it was mistaken for a U.S. drone returning to base. Okay, so that's the confusion. I, was, I said before I wasn't sure if it was friendly fire or what. That was, that was the confusion. We thought it was one of ours. A U.S. official confirmed that the drone from an Iranian proxy that killed three American service members in Jordan and injured others got past the air defenses for Tower 22 because it was mistaken for a U.S. drone expected to return to the base at the same time. Now, this development was reported today. It's been confirmed by the United States. A U.S. official said that the American drone and the attacking one were in the vicinity of one another. President Biden has vowed to take action against the Iranian-backed militants in the Middle East after the drone attack at Tower 22. At the top of the White House daily press briefing on Monday, National Security Spokesman John Kirby said Biden met twice with the national security team yesterday. And today he's weighing the options before him. And as he said yesterday, 
we will respond. We'll do that in our schedule. We'll do that in our time, he said. And we'll do it in a manner of the president's choosing as commander in chief. We'll also do it fully cognizant of the fact that these groups backed by Tehran have just taken the lives of American troops. The troops struck were conducting a vital mission in the region aimed at helping us work with partners to counter ISIS. Kirby said the mission has been longstanding and unrelated to our efforts to support Israel and to prevent a wider conflict in the region. We do not seek another war. We do not seek to escalate, but we will absolutely do what is required to protect ourselves, to continue that mission and to respond appropriately to these attacks. It's interesting, though, that it's again, it's Kirby saying this, not the president. It's it's John Kirby. I mean, Kirby is the he's the only one that talks in this administration. Well, him and Corrine Jean-Pierre, obviously. A U.S. military official told Fox News that the eight service, eight U.S. service members that were medically evacuated from Tower 22 in Jordan on Sunday were sent to the Baghdad Diplomatic Support Center for further medical support. Five of them were assessed for mild TBIs and have since returned to duty. Three of them will be sent to a medical facility in Germany. Kirby reiterated again, we are not looking for a war with Iran. We are not seeking a conflict with the regime in any military way. We're not, we're not looking to escalate here. The attack over the weekend was escalatory. Make no mistake about it. And requires a response. Make no mistake about that. I will not get ahead of the president's decision making. That's what he said. Now, then Defense Secretary Lloyd, Lloyd Austin, who, again, was the guy that disappeared. Remember, went to the hospital and didn't tell anybody. We didn't know that he was in the hospital. We didn't know that he was having emergency surgery. He addressed the attack when he returned to work at the Pentagon earlier on Monday. He said, quote, let me start with my outrage and sorrow for the deaths of three brave U.S. troops in Jordan and for the other troops who were wounded. The president and I will not tolerate attacks on U.S. forces, and we will take all necessary attacks to defend the U.S. and our troops. He said he was meeting with the Secretary General of NATO. Representative Mike Waltz of Florida, who's on the Armed Services Committee, and he said the following. He said that Iran has gotten the message loud and clear that they can get away with it. To that extent that we do respond, it will be feckless. I've talked to soldiers out in the field and to commanders that are out in the Middle East right now. We're bombing empty warehouses in the middle of the night so that the administration can check the box to look like they're doing something in response, but they're still beholden to this appeasement strategy when it comes to Iran. That's what uh, the congressman said just a few moments ago on Fox News. So all this is taking place in the backdrop of the presidential election with a president who is completely, completely um, underwater right now, completely underwater. Kirby also said that this is not a doctrine of appeasement. It's not how we see this. And he also said that uh, he, he won't say if Biden will attend the dignified transfer of the U.S. troops killed by the Iranian proxies. Nikki Haley came out and said a short time ago that we have to figure out which Iranian leaders are making the decisions and you take them out. So she's calling for the Iranian leaders to be taken out. I don't know if Donald Trump has said anything yet. But basically, this is what is happening right now as we speak and we'll, we'll grab some of the latest audio map there's a bunch of stuff on gravy and that just came out a few moments ago if you want to grab that for us that would be great 855-839-1210 is a number on twitter at rich zioli if you want to weigh in today what you think is going to happen i'll tell you one thing that i do know that's going to happen is uh we will have an election and we will the american people will have to make a choice here and who they trust with with these kind of things and, and as biden comes out and bumbles and stumbles over the weekend 
I just don't see the American people turning around and thinking to themselves that, that Biden has the ability to lead America right now in, in the face of, of all of this. Trump over the weekend said, you know, if the U.S. ever got attacked, I don't think NATO would even help us. He was in Las Vegas and he was talking about, you know, putting aid. We'll play that in a short time for you as well. But I, 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 do, I do have to wonder how many people in the Republican Party are going to be calling for increased strikes now to retaliate against Iran. And obviously for Nikki Haley, I mean, we, we know Nikki Haley is of that wing of the party. And we, we know that that's where that's where her 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 bones come from. You know, that part of the Republican Party that is really the part that would. I remember John McCain, you know, singing bomb, 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 Iran. I remember I remember that. And we are at 160 attacks and counting right now. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is urging Biden to respond to the deadly drone attack. And Biden is facing intense scrutiny. So you've got really both sides of the aisle right now who are saying that Biden needs to do something. Something to make it very clear to Iran, don't do anything else. And then you have other people right now who are wondering, well, then what what exactly, how exactly do we do that? I mean, when Trump took out Soleimani, there was a real question there of whether or not Iran would do anything. And they didn't. They did not respond. But now Iran is rushing to come out and say that this was not them. They were not behind this because I think that they're the the concern here is <clears throat> clearly escalation of this in the highest degree. By the way, n- not related to this, but just in looking at the situation of our own national security and our own southern border. Biden says he would he would sign an emergency bill to close the border, an emergency bill to close the border if he had to, if he if give and he would sign it on day one, he would close the border on day one. But he's holding Republicans feet to the fire on this and saying, I won't sign this unless you give me the money for Ukraine. So that's basically where things are in Capitol Hill right now. The president is now saying he would close the border, but he won't do it. He won't do it in, unless he comes out and says, you give me this authority and and that authority that I need. I'm not going to do anything until you give it to me because it has to be tied to money to Ukraine. Former President former President Trump reacted to the attack and blasted Biden over the weekend. He said the drone attack on a U.S. military installation in Jordan, killing three American service members and wounding many more, marks a horrible day for America. My most profound sympathies go to the families of the brave service members we have lost. He continued by asking all Americans to join him in praying for those who were wounded and calling out the Biden administration. He said... This brazen attack on the United States is yet another horrific and tragic consequence of Joe Biden's weakness and surrender. Three years ago, Iran was weak, broke, and totally under control. Thanks to my maximum pressure policy, the Iranian regime could barely scrape $2 together to fund their terrorist proxies. Then Joe Biden came in and gave Iran billions of dollars, which the regime has used to spread bloodshed and carnage throughout the Middle East. This attack never would have happened if if I was president, not even a chance, just like the Iranian-backed Hamas attack on Israel would not have happened. The war in Ukraine would never have happened. We would not right now, and right now we would have peace throughout the world. Instead, we are on the brink of World War III. Now, Trump has not called for, as far as I can tell, any, any actual authority but senator tim scott came out and said enough is enough the biden administration's appeasement of iran must end it's time for clear and decisive action and iran must be held accountable for the malign activities of its proxies he said in a statement a short time ago meanwhile on capitol hill white house is demanding 
Speaker Johnson give Biden authority and funding to secure the border. But it has to be tied to all the other things that that Biden wants. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. And the border will continue to be wide open. So Corrine Jean-Pierre came out today and said until recently, Speaker Mike Johnson advocated for H.R. 2 because in his view, presidents needed new legal authorities in order to secure the border. You don't need a new legal authority to secure the border. You could just secure the border. You could secure the border tomorrow. You're the president. You have the military. You could use it. Not a posse comitatus argument. Just send the military down there to secure the border. Do it. Declare a national emergency. There you go. It gives you all the authority you need. You don't need a new law. This is, again, this is, this is the administration playing games. Playing games. Like, oh, if you don't give me money and a new law, I'm not going to do anything. You don't need new powers. You have all the powers you need as president right now. Declare that there's a national emergency at the border and then go down there and fix it. Biden doesn't want to. He doesn't want to because he wants funding for Ukraine. He wants this all tied together. And that's it. And, and, he's, and, he's, and he's not going to do a damn thing until he gets that money. Not a damn thing. But make no mistake, President Biden pledged on Friday to shut down the border. However, with the stroke of a pen, he could begin by restoring remain in Mexico. He could end catch and release. He could reform asylum and parole standards. His refusal places our national sovereignty at stake. And that was said over the weekend by uh, the speaker's spokesperson, Raj Shah. Yeah, you know, when Biden got in there, he undid all those things that Trump did. I mean, all those protections that Trump put in place, like return to Mexico, ending catch and release, all those things that Trump put in place, Biden got in there on day one and reversed all of them. All of them. So now we're talking about what's happening with the situation in Iran. The border is still wide open. You've got calls for escalation on both sides of the aisle right now. You have a political candidate, Nikki Haley, who's calling for decisive military action. You've got Democrats now who see this as maybe Joe Biden's way of appearing tough and appearing strong. And we don't know, really, if this administration will do a damn thing against Iran, because at the end of the day, they're still controlled by the Obama administration. And don't forget, it was Obama who started all this by giving Iran billions of dollars years ago. And of course, pallets of cash that showed up in the middle of the night. And it was it was the Obama administration that also pushed for Biden to unfreeze $6 billion in Iranian assets that we froze because Iran was, was funding terrorists. And that money was going to be given back to Iran. And everything we're discussing right now about these Iranian-backed groups, these Iranian-backed terror groups, is all directly linked to money that the United States of America has given them. So, you know, Biden, I mean, the Obama administration also tried to give Iran what it needed to create a nuclear reactor. So we'll have a lot to talk about throughout the afternoon. There's breaking news all over the place and lots of reports coming out about, you know, more attacks that are happening in the Middle East, more drone strikes. So we're all over it for you and we shall see. But yeah, Johnny Cook already saying if your talk radio, if if the drinking game today includes the words appeasement and feckless tomorrow morning is going to be rough. Uh, We'll see what the retaliation will be and um, we'll see where this goes. We'll see what happens now. Fly Eagles Fly Bill says, if the Warhawks are going to get us involved in a war with Iran, let's be serious about it and level Tehran. Make it the largest parking lot in the Middle East. Let's see if the Haley faction of the Rhino Party has the cojones for that. Uh, We will see where this goes. 855-839-1210. Coming up, I'll tell you what the Pentagon says, what John Kirby says, and the latest on these drone drone strikes. Excuse me. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. We're coming right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. By the way, in the middle of all of this, in the midst of all of these drone strikes around the border being open, climate change is also uh, affecting the health of unborn babies. As a story that came out today, particularly in Australia, experts say heat waves and cyclones are affecting the health of unborn babies in Australia. Our changing climate may compromise the health of our babies before they've even exited the womb. So I guess on the one hand, they're acknowledging that they're babies, not just clumps of cells. There's that. But then on the other hand, they say there's growing evidence, extreme temperatures and natural disasters are linked to premature births, stillbirths and even abnormal gestational weight and size in many parts of the world. And with global temperatures on the up and natural disasters becoming more frequent, the World Health Organization says mothers and their babies are in danger. You know, at some point they would tie this to the children, right? Obviously, now it's the unborn children. Climate change is a growing threat to maternal, newborn, and child health that can no longer be ignored, says the WHO. WHO? The World Health Organization. That's WHO. Inaction could mean we lose some of the hard-won advances for maternal and newborn survival we've made in recent decades. But the capacity for expectant mothers particularly the most marginalized to shield themselves from environmental stressors is pretty limited. And considering Australia is one of the developed countries most vulnerable to the effects of climate change, experts say we need large-scale interventions now. There are around 15 million preterm births around the world each year. But a hotter Earth could, could mean even more. How? Why? Explain that to me. Researchers who studied almost a million mothers in New South Wales found a 16% higher risk of having a preterm birth for those living in the, in the top 5% hottest parts of the state. So then how, how is it that anybody's ever reproduced in a hot country? Ever. 
How is it? How has reproduction ever happened in in hot places? Is what I want to know. I mean, some. I mean, there are babies born during heat waves. There are people that get pregnant during heat waves. There are people that are born in places like, believe it or not, Florida and South America and Cuba, and then they become Prime Minister of Canada. So I'm just saying, I don't understand how somebody can tie necessarily heat to to this. But they'll always find a way, of course. So in the middle of Iran drone strikes and the open border, we have that. Oh, and also on Law and Order, a white victim on Law and Order doesn't want to prosecute a black rapist. And, of course, the reason why is systemic racism. So I have that clip for you as well. But here's uh, some audio that just came out a short time ago. This is um, from the Pentagon here. This is, uh, first of all, Pentagon spokesperson Sabrina Singh saying that we will respond to Iran. Cut number one. Sabrina, I just want to, uh, yes, the yeah. uh, conflict between Israel and Gaza is between Israel and Gaza right now. But that's not including what we're seeing happening across the border in the north with Hezbollah. We're, that's not including what we've seen with the Houthis and, of course, what we're talking about now. So there is very much uh, concern or we have seen evidence of a broader um, escalation well beyond Israel and Gaza. What do you say to Americans who see that and are just downright scared. No one is disputing the fact that tensions are high in the region. No one is disputing the fact that we are continuing to see the Houthis threaten commercial shipping, our own military ships that are in that region in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. We are seeing skirmishes between Hezbollah and the IDF. But again, the conflict does remain contained to Gaza. And that's what our, our priority is, to keep it contained to Gaza. We do not want a regional conflict. We do not seek a wider war. Um, and what we're seeing is proxy groups trying to take advantage of what's happening in Israel and trying to expand it out to our forces. And we don't want to see this widen out to a, a broader conflict, which is why you've seen the secretary surge assets to the region. Um, you saw two uh, carrier strike groups that were in the region just recently. We still have one in the CENTCOM uh, area of responsibility. Um, and the secretary, again, his main focus, his priority is, of course, the protection of U.S. forces. And when appropriate, we will respond. Sabrina, thank you so much for when joining When appropriate, me, we will respond. Okay, how and what? What are we going to do? And 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 where where do we go? Where do we go from here? These are the kind of questions, obviously, that people are asking right now. Uh, Kirby got into a back and forth. Was this with Jackie Heinrich, uh, Matt DeSantis? This back and forth with Kirby at the at this briefing today. Uh, I'm actually not sure. I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. Oh, wait, you know what? It's I think it's Kimberly Halkett from Al Jazeera. Okay. Uh, take a listen to this. You said that the president, in his response, has authorization under Article 2. Does that mean that he's planning to bypass Congress in any matter of war in terms of this response? I'm not going to get ahead of his decision-making. Um, he has the authority under Article, ter- Article 2 as commander-in-chief. And as we have in the past, so we will in the future, appropriately inform uh, leaders in Congress about what we're doing in, in keeping with that authority. Okay, so I just want to follow up because the president was sent a letter on Friday from a bipartisan group of lawmakers, and he had been accused of unauthorized strikes against the Houthis and by bypassing Congress. It, they said no president, regardless of political party, has the constitutional authority to bypass Congress on matters of war. Do you think that that would apply here, given this escalation? We're not at war with the Houthis. We're not going to be. A, we're not looking for a war with Iran. The president is comfortable that he has the appropriate legal authorities to act in self-defense of our ships, our sailors, and our troops, and our facilities at sea or ashore. Right. 
isn't it time to involve the American people? I mean, given the fact that the American people <coughs> were not happy about, I mean, I suspect the American people are not happy about attacks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. I also suspect they're not happy about seeing American troops killed uh, at a base in Jordan. The president has the authority to defend those troops in those facilities, and he'll do that. He's weighing all of his options. This is an election year. Is the president looking at his polling when he's weighing all of these options? Is the president looking at Man, what? My goodness. That's a heck of a question. He's not, not looking. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Let me just stop you right there. Let me finish. Commander-in-Chief is not looking at polling or considering the electoral calendar he's when he's defending... how they feel about the war on Gaza? Oh, now, can I answer the question? He's not looking at political calculations or the polling or the electoral calendar as he works to protect our troops ashore and our ships at sea. And any suggestion to the contrary is offensive. Looking at the polling with respect to does the American public want a broader Middle East conflict when he weighs his political decision making? Ma'am, I've answered that question. Okay, let's go. No, you didn't answer that question. Is he weighing that? He is not concerning himself uh, with the political calendar. Does the American public have the opportunity to weigh in on whether they want made in America I have answered your, on the bombs that are going to be dropped. We're going to move on. Go ahead, Phil. Now, the, it, it's a good question because obviously, it, don't we get a say as American, as the American people? I mean, this is why the Constitution gives Congress the ability to declare war, not the president. President's commander in chief. There's a War Powers Act, but in something like this, if it's not an immediate response required, then don't. I mean, don't you ask Congress for some sort of authority? Don't you go to? If, if we're saying that we'll respond at a time and place of our choosing. This is not an immediate situation. We're not talking about an attack on the homeland or something that is in in the immediate. I mean, obviously, we know that if there's an ongoing attack, there's already going to be retaliation in in the middle of that. So I'm not talking about that. But if this is like if we're going to do a revenge act, I think this is the point of the question. Don't the American people get a say here? And you would get a say through your elected representatives in Congress, which is why Congress declares war. Is are is there going to be a debate? Will there be any conversations about this where the hell is the commander-in-chief where is he hiding will he come out and say anything and is he looking at his polling you bet yeah he absolutely is and i think his polling numbers are disastrous and this is why i'm a little nervous right now because i think i think that there is something about being a wartime president that appeals to the democrat party and they think to themselves this may be our answer this may be the magic bullet that we need so yeah i'm a little bit nervous about it i'm not gonna lie Will Congress have a debate on this? Will there be any input from congressional leaders? Or is Biden just going to go it alone and just make up whatever decisions he, he makes? Uh, Jackie Heinrich of Fox News pressed John Kirby. Again, it's like he's the president. I mean, we, we don't the president doesn't do press conferences. The president doesn't say anything. So we got to go through Kirby on everything. So we have to go through the Pentagon or the national security spokesperson, John Kirby. Uh, and so when the American press corps has questions, they got to go through him. Though so Jackie Heinrich asked the, the, the point about the failed Iran strategy. Obviously, what does Kirby say back? Take a listen. Say that don't didn't work. Does the president have any regret over not pushing, punching back harder in any of the prior responses that he's taken to these proxy attacks on U.S. forces? I would, uh, uh, I think I would 
push back on the idea that we didn't push back harder. Uh, that we have taken significant action against uh, Iran economically. We have certainly taken some ad additional and uh, more aggressive steps to go after these groups. Um, we're certainly taking aggressive action uh, against the Houthis to try to de defend shipping in, in the Red Sea. I mean, this idea that somehow we've just, you know, whistled past the graveyard here and, and, and walked away from the challenge that Iran poses just isn't borne out by the facts. It's clear, obviously, that don't... Um, the other point, too... In this in this whole thing, as we're discussing now, what what and how the United States will retaliate since we are in a presidential election year, you know that there's going to be people that are jumping all over this to say we have to take some serious military action. Nikki Haley is going to be one of those people. And this is what Nikki Haley said a short time ago in regards to the Iranian drone strikes. Take a listen. Scared of his own shadow. That's a truth. What would that what would that mean in, in practice? When you say Biden, you say Biden didn't do something. What was that something that he should have the been doing? The very first strike that hit, you punch and you punch back hard. What they should be doing is going after every ounce of production of those missiles. Wherever those missiles are, you take that out. You this keep doing, you take out the training sites. You go and you But does that risk escalating a war? Does decisions. that mean striking Iran directly? It means striking the resources that are allowing them to hurt our troops. That's what you're doing. It's not they're going after the, the They're backed by Iran. Iran absolutely. says that they're not declaring the shots, but Iran's training them. They're providing intelligence. They're providing weapons. And this goes there back. will be no Hamas without Iran, Hezbollah without Iran, or Houthis without Iran. But yes, striking you're going Iran is a really big escalation. And you you go troops. after wherever those missiles are, the production, wherever it is in Iraq and Syria, you take that out. Wherever it is in Lebanon that they're doing that, you take that out. You go after the leaders making the decisions. It's not after Iran, the country. It's after the people who are making these decisions. When Soleimani was, was assassinated, it sent a chill up their spine. They literally, right. it took their breath out. You have to be strategic. It's not but, starting war. It's actually preventing war. But do you think we can accomplish that without escalating to the point of war? I mean, there are some people who, who look at your um, candidacy and say, she's very hawkish. She, she's very hawkish, and she could bring us to a war. And why would I do that when my husband would be fighting in one? That's what you don't want. You actually prevent war. It's not being hawkish. What it is is it's being smart. The problem that we've had is that everybody waits for it to get bad before they do something about it. Where did this all start? None of this would have started had Biden not lifted the sanctions on Iran. You allowed million, billions of dollars to go in from China importing their oil. And what did that do? That gave money to the proxies to get these missiles, to do these things, to do the training, to invade Israel. All of that happened because they got money. And Biden still to this second hasn't increased sanctions on Iran. That's lunacy because you're just continuing to pay them for trying to now kill our soldiers. You, there are things we can do that are not war, but not having common sense. There's no excuse for that. And this is something where we've seen him do it with Iran. We saw him do it with Afghanistan. We're seeing him do it with Russia and Ukraine. You have to be tough now. How tough, though, is my question. I mean, you know, because Lindsey Graham is saying we have to we have to we have to bomb. I mean, essentially a bomb Iran. So how tough do we get? This is why I think in the presidential election, it's going to be interesting to watch how hawkish Nikki Haley gets. I, I mean, I mean this because she, she, I think, will pick a lane that would be the more of the George Bush lane of the party, which I don't think most people want. I, I really don't. And. She brings up Soleimani, which is a good point, except it was Trump who ordered Soleimani to be killed and Iran backed down after that. You know, Iran 
change the, the, the course of the conversation. But leaving aside all that, how hawkish does Nikki Haley get between now and then? I mean, she's trying to win. Well, she's already said she's not going to win South Carolina. She's already telling everybody she's not going to win. She's lowering the expectations in a big, big way. Lowering the expectations in a big... She knows she's not going to come close in South Carolina. She's going to get crushed in her home state. She's going to get crushed in her home state. And she's she's trying to now spin it backwards to say, we don't have to win. We just got to do a little bit better than New Hampshire. That's the, the, the extent of what she said. I'll get into that in a little bit detail. But I, I do wonder, from a political perspective, just how hawkish Nikki Haley gets between now and then. Kirby was asked about the uh, the policy of appeasement on Iran. Again, you don't get the president answering these questions. You have John Kirby answering these questions. And this is what he said, cut number three. This is the president's response to Republican critics who are of the mind that this attack was the result of perceived weakness. For instance, the chairman of the House uh, Armed Services Committee said that President Biden's fear of escalation has morphed into a doctrine of appeasement. They can speak for themselves. That's obviously not the way uh, we see this. Uh. Wouldn't the president, wouldn't this be a good time for the president to come out and say something, say anything, just just address the American people, not not at a campaign rally in South Carolina, but from the Oval Office, from the White House, go out and talk to the press corps. You know why he can't do it? Because he literally can't do it. I mean, he can't, he cannot do it. He can't go out there and take questions on his feet. Everything he says has to be scripted. This is the problem right now. You, you don't have the ability for the commander-in-chief to come out and reassure people. You don't have the ability for the commander-in-chief to come out and threaten Iran. There is no peace through strength because they don't think the guy's strong. Where the hell is he? But they cannot have Biden come out. I mean, in, in a normal in a per, in a normal world, not a perfect world, but in a normal world, you're running for re-election. You're the commander in chief. You're coming out and you're talking about this. You're going right up to the White House podium. And you're pushing Kirby aside and, you're, and the press secretary aside, and you're doing the talking. Or you're bringing reporters into the Oval Office, or you're addressing the nation from the Oval Office and saying, "I want it to be very clear, Iran, back down." But there's nothing, nothing. It's just Kirby. John Kirby. John Kirby is the president. I mean, let's be honest. He's the president right now. Because all they can do with Biden is just put words on a screen and then let him read them. And if they can't put words on a screen and Biden can't read them, then they're not going to do anything. That's just how it is. So no words on screen, no Biden. And they can't come up with the words fast enough here. And they also don't know what they're doing. So there's not like there's a strategy that they can even type up for him to read. And also, if there's any follow-up questions, Biden can't answer them. I mean, it's just a freaking mess. It really is. 855-839-1210. And Biden was bragging about his foreign policy credentials. Bragging about them. So where is he? I mean, this is, again, a campaign-style stop in South Carolina. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, can you address this from the Oval Office? I'll play that when I get back. 855-839-1210. Do you think Nikki Haley is going to escalate? Do you think that we're going to hear more war, war talk from Republicans? What do you want to see happen here? Give me your take on this. Does the United States of America need to be more forceful with Iran? In your opinion, 855-839-1210 is the number. We will take your calls. We will chat about it. Do we need to be more aggressive with Iran? Is that what what you're looking to see? And how hawkish do you think Nikki Haley will get in all this? We're coming right back. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. The question is... How much of this is going to affect the race in 2024? How much of what's happening with Iran 
is going to affect the race? Uh, that's the question for you on the table today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Frank is in Burlington. Frank, how you doing? Hey, Rich. Love your show. Always have. Thank um, you. You know, it's weird with... Uh, I'm not voting for Nikki Haley. I'm not. And uh, sometimes I I, I think she is a little bit too quick to the trigger. But I don't think what she said was necessarily wrong. I think Biden made a huge mistake in trying to normalize relations with Iran and lifting the sanctions. And, And the idea that we're not allowed to, like, you know, attack missile sites that are just proxies for Iran is going to, like, escalate a war. I don't know what else we're supposed to do unless you just get out of the region, you know? Yeah, that's I mean, that's the only other option, right? Because as long as we're there, we're going to keep getting we're going to keep getting attacks. No, no question about it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I look, I, I uh, how much do you think this is going to help or hurt Trump in all this, in your opinion? I, I really don't think it will have any effect. Uh, I think on uh, foreign policy, Trump was really solid. He didn't get us into any new wars. And quite honestly, she would basically be saying, at, at least with this region, saying the same thing as probably Trump would be saying. I, I don't think it's going to have any effect, none. But uh, I just kind of felt bad because, you know, and everyone wants to look at her like, oh, she's the total warmonger. But this time, I think just in this situation, I, I think she was spot on. You know, that's all. <laughs> Frank, thank you, buddy. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. I I think, well, first of all, I mean, Trump's going to be the nominee, not Nikki Haley. She's already lowering expectations big time for South Carolina, which is her home state. But I think that this is going to help Trump just because Biden looks just so useless to not even come to the podium, to not even speak. And and, and they're lying, too, about I mean, they're lying about a ton of different things. But Bill Malusian had a great point. He said, you know, Kirby was asked a short time ago. Why does Biden need this executive authority on the border? Why do we need to pass a new border law? Why? Why? And Kirby wouldn't answer that. He just kind of hemmed and hawed and said he needs the authority. He doesn't need the authority, actually. He already has the authority because the authority that he has was what Trump initiated that Biden took away, meaning that Trump put in a state of emergency at the border, a national emergency existing at the border, and Biden took that away. So you could put that back. Biden did all the things he did on the border through executive actions on really day number one. Ending catch and release, ending remain in Mexico. He got rid of those. He he undid the state of national emergency existing at the southern border. So he could put all those things back in. He doesn't need new power. He doesn't need another law. But he's telling everybody he does because he wants more money. All right. We got a lot more to chat about in the four o'clock hour, including... Uh, what's going to happen with regards to the 14th Amendment challenge before the court, this amazing op-ed that came out, which i got to share with you. And uh, in New Jersey, King Philip the Unaccountable, his wife Tammy wants to be a, state, a United States senator, and the governor's office is helping her with your taxpayer dollars to get there. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.